0: This was Joshua Bell from The Kilt in the Cloth. This was my sermon from December 12th, entitled, A Joyous Day A-Comin'. I hope you enjoy, and God bless. If anybody was ever wondering how to say that out loud, that's it. It's Ephaniah. It's uh, one of those weird passages of Scripture that takes place in chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. And then we're going to read from Isaiah chapter, uh, I lost it in my head, chapter 12, verses 2 through 6. Both of these passages of Scripture are usually used specifically about the time of Advent to talk about the coming of the Christ's Lord and our Savior. And in this moment, we, I want to challenge that a little bit. So here we go. Hear these words from the prophet Zephaniah. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with your all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst, and you shall fear disaster no more. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness, and he will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. As a day of festival, I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all of your oppressors at that time, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all of the earth. And at that time, I will bring you home At the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth, and when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. And then the prophet Isaiah says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say on that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the nations, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all of the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a time frame. The prophet Zephaniah most likely preached during the reign of Josiah. In the early religious reforms of the early Jewish movement in the 7th century BCE. The book of Zephaniah has all kinds of topics, Uh, as a day of coming judgment, the punishment of Judah for her worship of lesser gods, and basically a general judgment of all the nations of the world. This lesson, however, is supposed to be a shaft of hope for a better future. This lesson moves beyond the doom and destruction of Judah to its restoration, a vision that lyrically proclaims the joy and the shouting of the people in whom God delights. There's a little bit of an often moment where prophetic utterances happen. You see, part of the struggle that we have with Hebrew Bible prophets is that they typically talk about impending doom and judgment. They're not the person you're going to go want to hang out with at a fancy restaurant. They're not going to be somebody you want to hang out with at a a sports event because the entire time they're going to be talking about the impending doom and judgment that's going to happen not just for you as you're sitting there with them at the table, but for everybody around them. But this lesson is somewhat muted. It almost comes in the form of what we call the genre of hymnody, a song, if you will. If you listen to the words, it's almost a hymn. It changes the ways that everything is being looked at. It says, do not fear. And it sets up this moment for us to hear the phrase, God will come and save you. You see, they're still asking the questions, will Judah be able to live without God? Can Judah create a world without God and yet live to tell about it? Will God allow Judah to go her own way? Well, the answer in Zephaniah is undoubtedly, is never really in question. Yes. God, the mighty one, the warrior, is king of over all of the earth, including Judah. But the miracle is that this warrior God is also mighty to save. Ultimately, as Zephaniah would be saying, the king of the universe is finally the king of love and wills to save God's people. So coming and purging and transforming that work of love that we read about in this poem is different, necessarily, than maybe what we've heard before. You see, it's also important for us to understand that in the Hebrew Bible, the idea of having one Mashiach over all, or one Messiah was not necessarily something that they would necessarily have preached. The idea is, is that when we are in desperate need, or we're in desperate places of needing hope, God will provide us a Messiah for that time, for that place, to help us be back in right relationship with God. And it's easy for us as Christians to look at this and say, oh, this is it! absolutely Jesus. But in the Jewish world, it's kind of beautiful, if you think about it, that God will provide this Messiah as we need it to bring us back into a closer relationship all the time. The other thing that it does is is it proves that God has never abandoned us or ever will. So every moment of our pain and sorrow, that God is there, and we have to seek that place. We pray for the coming of this Christ for us. If you listen to the passages of Scripture, you hear this understanding and this connection for Zephaniah that is visceral, deep inside his entire being, crying out to people, praising God, for the joy that God has presented to us in the name of Christ. Last week I told you about one of my favorite professors, Tom Hall. This week I want to tell you about a guy by the name of Thomas Long. He tells a story about a church that he joined when he moved to Atlanta a while back. And at a new member's dinner, the pastor... Had, gone around, uh, had, had people go around the table to introduce themselves and say a little something about why they had joined the church. Well, some noted the, the good children's programs that gave their kids something to, to do after school. And for a week or two in the summer, you know, that kind of thing helps out mom and dad. Some noted the convenience of the church's location and the proximity to their home. Some definitely noted the good parking. Still, others appreciated the organist and the music director and all of the lovely music. And finally, it came around to a man who told the group that for more years than he could remember, he'd been a crack addict, a boozer, and a derelict, but that through this church, he found the power of Jesus to turn it all around. And that's why and how he became a member of that congregation. As Long tells it, there are all these new members in this room and all of a sudden they start to feel sheepish. They said, we came for the good parking. He came for the salvation. You know, it's, it's so easy to forget that at its core, the mission of the church is to see lives changed one at a time. People who had been walking around doing nothing but zigzags, get the grace to walk just a little bit straighter. People whose lives have been pockmarked by nothing but endless questions find a few answers that may not address every last query they've ever had, but that answer's enough to let them go on with hope. Salvation and the announcement of it is what the church exists for. In the Gospel of Luke, we read this simple message, and it reminds us that salvation reaches down into the most ordinary of lives and transforms those lives. Not so as to make each saved person a superstar or an endlessly blissful purpose person, but to make that person who they are. And the gifts that they have to shine more with the radiant hope that is Christ Jesus, the Messiah and Lord. Our church, our congregation finds multiple ways during the Advent season to profess that message if it's not us helping with the Christmas store, if it's not us working with the campfire kids stuffing those stockings, if it's not participating in Main Street, our own community that we live in Perry finds multiple ways of professing that Jesus is our Messiah. And we cannot wait for the arrival of this Christ child. Even our own congregation bring in crazy animals and we dress up for three days in the frigid temperatures, praying to God our fingers don't fall off as we hold a shepherd's crook, professing that Jesus Christ is our Savior. In those moments, we hear the gospel voices cry out in their songs, a joyous day is a coming. A joyous day is a coming. Our voices might be muted signs of hope, and we struggle with finding ways of professing what Jesus means to each and every one of us. One author says that maybe, maybe, just maybe, Zephaniah looks at his viewings of good tidings through the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. I would struggle with this, but if you listen to the passages of Scripture, one could put Jesus right next to this and compare and contrast very easily that our Jesus, this moment, our conversation of who we proclaim as Christ fits this bill. Jesus Christ becomes our Savior and is present in our midst in verse 17. And for us, as we gather around this table, Christ is present. God's judgments are removed. That's the language we use, right? By the peace of God offered in the outstretched hands of our Savior, our enemies are cast out, as it says in verse 18. The thing that we struggle with is through the empty tomb and the last enemy the one that we seem to fight with every kicking and punching breath that we have, the ultimate enemy of death. Death becomes destroyed. Our hands and our hearts are strengthened and made courageous down through the centuries by Christ's abiding presence. At this moment, The church is caught up in a song of victory. And for just a moment, you can hear the voices of angels speaking to us as if they were talking to the shepherds themselves. As we find ourselves wrapped up in the company of heaven, we know deep down in our souls that a joyous day is a coming. It's hard for us, you see. It's hard for us to find the nature of what we're supposed to be doing in this Advent season. For some of us, it's all about the celebration. We celebrate every single day until Christmas. And let's be honest about this. Christmas Day, what do we do? You've got to be honest now. We're in church, we crash, we're exhausted. It's like we spent the entire year preparing ourselves for the one day of Sabbath that we actually observe. For once, the entire world recognizes that day. Have you figured this out, church? That everyone in the entire country and around the globe celebrate in one way or another this one day. Maybe not in the same way we do, but they find themselves in that moment celebrating something that they might not even know. But for us, it's hope. It's hope. And for one day, we all rest. And we celebrate the God-given gifts to each and every one of our families. And we, we do what God intended to bask in the glory of the coming Lord. What would the world look like? Do you you remember? Do you remember? It wasn't that long ago that the world even recognized that on Christmas we wouldn't even sell gas because there was no point. Remember those days? There was no restaurants open, except for in the movie Christmas Story, right? But they still celebrated Christmas as they sang Deck the Halls, to the family, right? Great movie, by the way. They will shoot your eye out. It's in these places that we recognize that there's a joyous day coming. When we get to sing songs of joy and victory, not because some warrior king comes walking down on a beautiful white horse and a flaming sword. No, because a normal human being who lived an abnormal life who reached his hands out and loved the sinner who gave comfort to those that were hurting to that person that visited the sick and the imprisoned who gives us the image of life that we are to emulate and to sing with all of our beings that is what Christmas is about. When the whole world pri- proclaims and cries out, a joyous day is a coming. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.